<clears throat> Hi there, I'm doing a PhD at the University of Uppsala on history, religions and anthropology. My name is uh, Rune Jana Rasmussen and uh, I just want to thank you for the response on my last video. And as requested, I'm here with a little bit more uh, anthropology of religion on Nordic history religions. I will uh, discuss another point um, that I got from Jackson Crawford's wonderful channel on Viking religion and first I just want to give my unambiguous recommendation for Dr. Crawford's work. Um, it is uh, really fantastic to have access to this very well-communicated well and high-level scholarship. I'm uh, totally a fan. And this is also why it's worth, I think, discussing single points and perhaps adding a little bit of perspective. Um, and this video takes as a starting point um, Jackson's dismissal of the trickster deity Loki as a fire spirit. And uh, I'll make the point that if you apply anthropology of religion, then there actually is data that indicates Loki as a fire spirit. Now Crawford dismisses this idea because there has been this idea that the trickster Loki must be associated with fire because in a famous Gilvergening myth he competes with a logi, which means flame. And these two names are in reality not cognate, they're not related. So Crawford concludes uh, that this association between Loki and fire is a, just a popular misunderstanding from Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. And th that's not the whole story. I'll put a link to Crawford's uh, video here in the commentary field. Um, first, words being etymologically related or cognate that's a very narrow criteria for how to understand how myths create meaning. That, uh, that it means that two words are associated through descent, like say, Woden is associated, related to uh, Odin or something like that. But myths creates association and identification in many different ways. And surface likeness is certainly one way that it, they do that. And I would even suggest that <coughs> surface likeness might be more important than etymology. Um, I once recorded a, a myth of the Afro-Brazilian religion that I'm also studying. And in this myth, the, the whole meaning of the myth rested on this surface similarity between deity names and specific Portuguese words. Um, I was told of a deity that's called Iroko in the uh, Yoruba language and uh, Kitembo in the uh, Bantu language. Now in Brazil these, this deity becomes loco and tempo and these names sound similar to Portuguese words meaning crazy and weather. Now the, the, the person who told me this myth he knew full well that these Brazilian names were de derived from different uh, African names and that they were contemporary Brazilian associations yet the myth focused on these contemporary associations and that, that's how myth, myths create meaning. Uh, surface similarity is an important factor. And this story from the Gilvergening, the Nordic story, where you have these gods losing in, in games where they're sporting with their iconic or essential qualities, that story has a Loki battling a Logi. Now, I believe the linguists who say that these two names aren't etymologically related. That's not my field. But the names are similar. They are similar. And I don't know what that means. Uh, for instance, I don't know if, if it indicates an identification between these two figures. But I do think that it means something. It 
doesn't strike me as coincidental because that is how myths operate. Um, Crawford states uh, that there are no medieval sources that actually suggests Loki as a spirit associated with fire. And that's really good information, it's good to know when we're talking about the Middle Ages. But people might project that uh, into making a conclusion that there are no basis at all to see an association between Loki and fire. And that's a bit reductive because in, uh, if you look at later material, that, uh, there's an article by this um, Norwegian scholar called Elder Heide. I really recommend his work, by the way. Uh, I'll put a reference to the article here. And he sees Loki reflected in later fairy tales that sports this fireplace-associated figure called the Ashlad, a kind of trickster figure also. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that holds. Maybe it does. But he also mentions that there are figures named Loki or with names cognate with Loki that figures as fireplace spirits in a number of locations throughout Scandinavia, like from Easter Botnia in Finland, Dalarna in Sweden, Telemarken in Norway, where people would sacrifice little bits of milk um, to Loki in the fireplace, uh, to the Faroe Islands. Uh, Loki, or the name Loki, is associated with fire, or actually a fire, fireplace spirit. And these are four areas that are rather distinct. You know, the, the distance from, uh, from uh, the Faroe Islands to uh, East Botnia is like the distance from London to Moscow, you know. So, um, also there are locations where Loki seem to have functioned as a kind of tooth fairy, where a child would throw a milk tooth in, into the fire with a prayer to Loki, saying, Loki, Loki, here you have a tooth of gold. Give me a tooth of bone. Now, <clears throat> some, of course, would take these fire associations and they would use them to back project on the Viking Age and say this supports that Loki in the Viking Age was also associated with fire. And El Haider, he does that and he also mentions that there's a Viking Age uh, smithy fort stone that has been found. It has a human lips on it with torn lips. And this might indicate Loki as a fire deity because there's a myth where Loki's lips are torn. Um, I think that sounds reasonable, but again, I don't have such a strong opinion about it, and I'll leave the question open. Uh, but uh, I'm working with animist theory uh, of anthropology, and uh, I would like to ask why is this fireplace Loki of these 19th century Norwegian, Norwegians not relevant in itself? Like, it's its own animation. It's its own part of what Loki has been through history. Um, now, research in, in Norse religion is extremely focused on the Viking Age, and, and that's a perspective which, of course, defines and it also limits research. But the Viking Age was mega short, <laughs> and it was a crazy long time ago, a thousand years. And the idea that there was a period called the Viking Age, that is uh, an idea that has, a, has its roots in a, in a nationalist hype in Scandinavia in the 19th century. You might argue that the notion of Vikings still is. People needed these illustrious ancestors and since we don't have any Romans here then they kind of latched onto these Iron Age, Iron Age pirates and, and that became our imagined self in an in a imagined past. Um, but animism looks at modes of relating and, and it looks through time. And I think these more, much more recent Norwegians are as interested as interesting as 
10th century Icelanders as a kind of traditional knowledge form. And I think there's a huge material of these uh, Nordic animism which becomes sort of overlooked because scholars uh, so focused on this, uh, this uh, fetishized Viking Age, which uh, excludes things that doesn't reflect the Viking Age, of course. This is just one example, there are many more. But of course, you know, it's important to say that if you want to understand religion in the Viking period, then there are methodological demands on history. You need to work with sources, you need to work with source criticism, and back-projecting is difficult, it's highly problematic, because the thing is that culture always changes, and changes quite a lot. So actually, you can't really back-project it, or... It, anyway, it's, it's a very problematic way of making conclusions. Um, However, I think the choice of focus also causes a rejection of a lot of material. And I, I see it as a kind of Viking washing. If it isn't Viking, then it goes to the basket. And, but all this material that's re rejected is, in fact, is rich and fascinating, and I've become super interested in it. Like, I'm interested in looking beyond this exclusive Viking Age perspective on Nordic history of religions. Um, so, if you're interested in this kind of perspective, perspective on the material that's been rejected because it isn't Viking. And if you're interested in Nordic traditional uh, religiosities, like seeing them as animism, as traditional uh, knowledge form, forms, then um, <clears throat> tag along on this channel. Uh, I think I'll be uploading some more videos to sort of open the perspective a little bit and introduce and perhaps revalorize some of these, um, these, uh, part, these parts of uh, cultural heritage, traditional knowledge forms in Scandinavia, you know, traditions of Nordic animism. Well, that's it. So uh, all the best and see you around.